Are you wearing a Homestar Runner t-shirt this morning? I'm wearing a Homestar t-shirt. Yes. I, I always saw the top half, so I was like, oh, maybe it's... I was raised yeah. by a cup of coffee. I love it. Welcome back to the Trash Watch Podcast. This week, we watched House Arrest from 1996 in a controversial statement. The real villain of this movie is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Fuck yourself. I'm Chris. I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'm Brandon. And I'm Ashley. That's that's a boy. Not since Ashley advocated catcalling. Have I been so taken aback by uh, I, I, I'll just I'll, I'll, I'll preface this up top. Okay. In this movie where everyone has good intentions trying to fix the marriage of their of their their parents and try to find like the right relationship for them. Jennifer Love Hewitt is just like, oh, I have a young mom who actually is trying to be herself and trying to enjoy her fucking life. Really hard. Disagree. Okay, I mean, again, I'm down for I'm down to be wrong about this. But like I watched it last night. I'm like. Fuck you, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. She's doing her goddamn best. No, I Chris, made a note at one point. Like Jennifer Tilly's not a regular mom. She's a cool mom. She wants yeah. to fuck teenagers, Chris. Yes. She wants to fuck I literally I one of the last that. lines of the movie is she stopped going out on Brooks dates. Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, but I thought what? that was more of like because she was 15 when she had Brooks. She's like, don't fuck someone right now. No, no, no. She's, she's like, I'm the cool mom. I want to hang out with my contemporaries, you know, 15 year olds. OK, so let's do a hard reset then. And I'll no. do a different. Intro. No, <laughs> no, no, better one. Oh, no. We're, we're, living bad, Chris. <laughs> we're living in this. We're living in this. Uh, it's also <laughs> I think it's also tragically weird that Grover is really invested in watching his parents make out. There's a lot of red flags. This is red flags. The movie yeah. for children and adults. <laughs> and we kind of get a red flag right off the bat because this title card really sets <laughs> the tone because we start with like the stilted like it's like a Terry Gilliam thing where it's like we mm-hmm. scroll down the wall and then the title comprised of three different like texts. We have like the two by fours nailed into the wall to say H-U-S-E, little Debbie cake smashes on the wall for the O. And then this different loud pink font for arrest. And then the prison cell door closes over it. And the crazy credits have only begun. It was the 90s, dude. Like we needed to know within the first five seconds what we were getting into in a movie. (laughs) It felt like an Animaniacs like opening yeah i was like what? yeah no what i'm charmed by animaniacs animaniacs is funny <laughs> yeah. this was this was wacko's so... wish is in our future <laughs> like when i saw this i was like shit wait was this not a theatrical movie like that's how bad the opening credits are i mean looking at the guy at the, the harry weiner the director's credits like pretty much everything else he's done has been tv movies mm-hmm. it shows like again this movie is fine it's it's a fun little kid comedy with with some adult you know stuff to it it's just like a 90s family comedy movie it's fine it's serviceable the problem is is we start out on this amazingly tragic moment finding out that this child goes by the name Grover on purpose in the year of our lord 1996 
I don't know what's worse, living in Defiance, Ohio, or uh, having the name Grover. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, because if you don't know, uh, I found the line. Uh, it's later. It's right after the heroin and crack line that we all love so much. <laughs> uh, Jamie Lee Curtis says, do you hear me? Gregory Allen Beindorf. His name is Gregory. Chose not Greg. Chose not Gregory. Chose Grover. Didn't even choose Allen. In the like, 1990s, Al. he was like, you know, it's going to make me a hip, cool, popular kid at school. The name Grover. Well, did we all catch the uh, the pop punk cover of Sesame Street that drops oh, in the middle yes, of this movie? Of course too? we did. <laughs> yes. Of course we did. Because Fuck that me. is their like, we're rebel kids montage, but it's the world's most tame rebellion. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, Grover, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, Speaking of what the fuck is happening, we open with just like the this it's such an odd framing device because you like he, mm-hmm. it starts off where you're like wait okay so you get it is this like a ferris bueller thing like where he's like gonna talk to the camera but then no we cut to home videos it's like okay so this is home videos that is the framing device or whatever and like it's a very weird kind of you're probably wondering how i got here i got distracted th- by the heavy open mouth kissing during the montage and the opening there's a lot i what okay so these like opening documentary like style interviews with grover right it's like him just being like to the camera mugging at the camera going through his they take the camera to school we find out at the end that his baby sister was doing the filming initially Mm -hmm. right but Mm -hmm. like is matt doing the filming when they go to school and the bully still bullies in front of the video camera (laughs) Yeah, like, yeah. Listen, I mean, Krupp does not give a fuck. No. <laughs> hey, he's a documentarian. You're not allowed to interfere with the subjects. That's right, the right. I, 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 now, to to piggyback off of that, Ashley, I agree with you also because it's weird that like when we get to school, like not I'm try- not, not trying to jump, but like Matt is following him with the camera. Like, lean into it. Give me the fourth wall break the whole movie. Not just the beginning and end. Like, if you're going to do it, do it. Do the whole way. But they just kind of ignore that. All right. Uh, so I, I think we have to speak to the Ohio of it all. Yeah. How do we keep finding these movies set in Ohio? No, well, my Brian, second note. Anything, Brian, anything that is yeah. like small town America, they're going to set in Ohio. Ohio is the generic Midwest up location. Literally, but, Brian and I had this conversation like three months ago about like, we need a whimsical place that's relatable. And Brian's like, we live in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, Ohio. Here's here's my question though. They're so specific about this location because they use real names. But here's the thing: so the, he says it's in Defiance, Ohio, which is in between Toledo and Hicksville. Actual facts about Ohio, and the only reason I can think is like, did they do that to so include a joke about Hicksville? Because Hicksville sounds like a funny name for a town, even though it's a real town in Ohio. And I'm like, if that was the case, just set it in Hicksville. Yeah. Why? Why do this defiance and like do the geolocation? Because there's nobody in this town with a with a uh, an income of less than seven digits. I have a theory about why it's in defiance, Ohio, and it is because the kids are defiant. Uh, That is fair. But (laughs) but why they're like mapping out of like you're in Ohio. The point of picking Ohio is everyone's like, yeah, Ohio is one giant cornfield. It doesn't matter. Like what Mm -hmm. what else is said about it? We get it. It's Ohio. But he's like, all right, you know where Toledo's at? Everyone's like, no, we don't. We know where Hicksville's <laughs> at? No, we don't know where that's at. Well, this is between those two. That's not helpful. I, I also think, like, I am shook to my very core that, like, this movie doesn't have inspired by a true story in front of it. Because I feel like, even though it isn't, obviously, it's not like a real thing that happened. But I'm like, 
this is the kind of movie that would try to fake us out like this actually happened. That is more of a horror movie move, though, Chris. Although this I thought this was a horror film because just when we thought we were safe, the titles return and the titles (laughs) come back for the rest of the cast over top of this tape. And it's just as cheap looking as before. And I, I have a theory which is that okay. everyone in this movie was cast based on whether their name could be spelled with a padlock. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to write down, I would like to list off the names of the cast as I wrote them down based on what the title tells us. Okay. Right. We have Jamie Lee Ertis, Kevin Olick, Enifer Tilly, Christopher M.C. Donald, Sheila McCarthy, Alice Sean, Erilyn Aaron, Mki Arizona, Russell Appa, Jennifer L. V. Whit, and everyone's favorite, my Sackasits. I love my Sackasits. <laughs> my Sackatits, man. That's the way it's going. Um, yeah, I mean, like, the, the other thing is, this movie reminded me, like, I got away with making videos for gifts for my parents for so long. Like, I never bought a gift. I'm just like, mm, old VHS tape. Barbara, you know, Barbara Streisand song. <laughs> I got brownie points for a year, bitches. Like, this is hmm. the ultimate. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Chris. Yep. Did you rip a hole in the space-time continuum <laughs> to go back in time and film your parents' wedding, honeymoon, buying of the first house, <laughs> renovation of the basement? Your own birth. <laughs> own birth. Your own fucking birth. Okay. No, I didn't right. do uh, Headcanon that has to be fact. These parents, these parents were a thruple. And there oh, was yeah. a third party heavily involved <laughs> in every stage of the relationship. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. The, thr- the third person recently left. And that's actually what's causing the marriage to break up. It's that's Chief Rocco. Chief Rocco is in Chief Rocco. That's why he's so concerned about what's happening to the parents. That's why nobody calls the police on him when he's looking through the windows and binoculars. Think that's their first. special arrangement. Because yeah. like, OK, taping the wedding. That makes sense. There can be a sense. friend there taping the wedding. They have it. But on their honeymoon in Hawaii. You don't fly out a third party to film you romantically dancing and hulaing together. There's a moment where, like, sh- you can believe that she's filming him, but then when it's them together, she, like, shoes the camera person away. It's like, did you ask, a, like, a serving person yep. to, like, film you, and then you shooed them away when they <laughs> Actually, did what you asked? White people in Hawaii would <laughs> never. <laughs> Also, like the 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 simple time of like seeing these boomers get married, buy a house, have kids, do all the things that we are supposed to do by the time we're this age made me mad. To be fair, though, they are like double income. Like they're all they're true. very wealthy people. He's an architect. He's a um, fucking like- architect and she has OCD. This also brings back like that weirdness of the 90s where it's like, leave a note for your parents and then just go out and do whatever you're going to do and then come back for breakfast. Like it's he's at somebody else's house on a school morning. It's weird. Like and and God knows how much time how who knows how long they were there because they have they're there early enough that they made this tape and like finished editing this tape. And then biked across town to get home before school. I was mm-hmm. so baffled by it because I was like, I was like, okay, I understand. They went to this place after school, and then they're going to bike home. Uh, but yeah, and then they're making breakfast. I was very thrown off. Well, time doesn't exist in this movie because he sets up a fortress after school before these parents get home from work, and it's mm-hmm. like there's no way, there's no way any of this was able to be done. Uh, <laughs> very so resourceful he- child. 
Yeah. Uh, I have to assume that the screenwriters are not from Ohio or someone's not from Ohio because one of the big things they have is uh, just the last thing in the montage I have is that they, when they buy the house, they have a big sign on it saying there's a basement. And I'm like, yeah, in California or Texas, basements are rare. But mm-hmm. like it, if you had a house in Ohio without a basement, I would be confused. Like, wait, it's, what? it's required. You have to yeah, have what one. do you do with tornadoes? Yeah, the, the fact they have this, I was like, oh, that's odd. And the, I like they're highlighting as if like, well, thank God this family had the one house with the basement to lock their parents in. Like, <laughs> every every house has to have a dank room that nobody uses. It's just a studio <laughs> note where they're watching it. They're like, people aren't going to understand how there's a room underneath the house. Why does this make sense? <laughs> but boy, Wallace Shawn rules and children are a nightmare is my next note. Yeah, uh, these, while we're these, at- these Fred and George Weasley psycho twins launching yeah. a rocket in the bathroom. Oh, my God. With a tomato on it. Yeah, this is one of those weird like there's a weird thing with the kids in this movie that they write them in that way of like, oh, kids, what are zany things that kids would come up with? And it's like not just- launching a tomato on a rocket like kids will do stupid shit. Hold on. I just I uh, yeah. sorry, Brian. Go ahead. Oh, no, I want to hear what this is now. I, I, I just pulled up the IMDb because I couldn't remember uh, Caroline Aaron's name for for Lewis or Louise. Um, but did anybody hmm. the, the Matt character's name in real life is yes. Mookie, Arizona. Arizona, which if I if I if I was what? directing a movie and a Mookie, Arizona role, then I would go, we're changing the character name. <laughs> Arizona. That's, that's Jackie Daytona, dude. We found that, Jackie Daytona as a child. Oh shit, that kid's a vampire in disguise. Yes. <laughs> Confirmed. And the thing is, like, the premise of this movie, I wrote down very early on. It's like that the the premise of this movie is that it's some way Kevin Pollock fucked up with Jamie Lee Curtis, which is a crime punishable by death. He gets off very, very light in this movie for the crime of fucking up with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, you, know, you know, I hear you, though. But here's the thing. There's a moment later on when she accidentally gets the papers to him or like he finds out. And my heart broke for Kevin Pollock. I don't think Kevin Pollock fucked up. I honestly think. It's both of them fucked up and that neither of them know how to communicate to fix it. Yeah, they raised a psychopath for a child. In fact, they Who raised named two. Grover. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't put a stop to that. I will say if I were married to this woman, I would go berserk like because she labels fucking everything. everything. She's a type A woman. And I am like, Mm-mm. I need like somebody who's a little more type A than me. Uh, in my life much. just because I right but I'm like not yeah, they, these much. are these are the Burnhams these are the Burnhams the Krups are the Fits like this is American beauty happening in in the middle of Ohio the thing that got me though is when they when they are sitting around the breakfast table and they give the anniversary gift and like she takes it out of the package I'm like as a VHS collector myself I went these puffy stickers on this tape is never going to play you can't cover that tape and stickers. Take take them off. I know you're a child, but come on, think better. This is where also like it's hard to assign blame in these relationships. But I was like, well, at least Kevin Pollack gets that this is a terrible idea. Like, oh, our kids are about to go to school. Let's just mention we're getting separated bef- right before they go to school on their anniversary that their children remembered. <laughs> like, like, look, you treat it like a dog on its last day. You take them like it's your anniversary. You <laughs> let the kids throw you a big party. You have a sweet time as a family. Mm-hmm. And then like a day and then you later, put it down. Like, OK, yeah, no, no, no. And then to send the kids off to school that day. That's rude. 
you can't do that. You just say, be like, yeah, we just ruined your entire life. So you get to hang out at home and play Super Nintendo today. You, you've earned that. Well, what I find so interesting is that this is such like a big, you know, like in 1996, this is still such a big deal, right? The parents get mm-hmm. divorced, right? And now yeah. it's like ubiquitous, right? But 1996, like, yeah. Gonna fuck her kid up. Oh, look at the loser. His parents didn't get divorced, swirling <laughs> their wine glasses. Also, like the the amount of time they have before school is still baffling to me. Like, I'm the kind of person who rolls out of bed 15 minutes before I have to go anywhere. Why do you think my hair looks the way it does today? <laughs> <laughs> These kids are up hours before school, and I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, I I had like when I was in high school, like our first first period, I think, was 7:20. Like, and the only time, like, is only, I think, senior year was when I was, I was able to come in late. And that was because, like, you could, if you had whatever credits or whatnot, Mm -hmm. you could get, like, you know, late arrival and, like, come in at, like, third period or whatever. But, yeah, it was, like, so, like, my senior year, I'd come in at, like, nine in the morning, like, 930 at the latest. Yeah. Not to jump too far ahead, but, like, Patricka Darbo in this fucking movie, because it has 30 seconds. As I know, yeah, she has 30 seconds as like the lady of the cafeteria who's like, no, Jennifer Love Hewitt, you're pretty. I don't like you. You don't have an extra quarter. Go fuck yourself. Like, but she is the most relatable adult in this movie as far as I am concerned. Um, I've, I didn't want to relate to any of this, these adults. And then it hit me like a Mack truck. And I was like, fuck you, movie. Like- oh, no. <laughs> We'll oh no! It, we'll get to it. I have a we'll I have a horrifying horrifying feeling about which adult you're talking about. <laughs> oh no, guys, let's not I judge her. Ashley now. just fucked Wallace Shawn in a basement once. It's not a big deal. Give <laughs> <laughs> it. No, I was oh. saying she was Wallace Shawn. <laughs> there were a bunch of other adults around. Ashley, I just have a question. Do you want to play Operation? I just say, I don't think any of us on this podcast would connect with the bald character who's trying to distract himself from sadness by offering to play board games with a bunch of people. None of us will connect with that at all. Not even a little bit. Back to this movie. So Grover's hanging out with Matt. His pervert best friend. Yes. I thought I said, so so, uh, Matt has the camera and he, he points our attention to Jennifer Love Hewitt and he looks mm-hmm. down at her blouse and I'm like, that is the video equivalent of saying nice tits. <laughs> like yes, yes. But also tragic because, you know, Matt is also like pining for her. But now Grover got there first. He's, he's like, what can happen girl. now? Everybody's got the hots for her, but real feelings. Right. Right. To Grover, I guess. Sure. I guess. Sure. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad for any of them. Actually, do you have any complicated feelings about hot girls from high school? <laughs> it's too early for this. I, 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 I was the hot girl in high school, so I, I can't say anything. You know, it's true. And at your conservative Christian college, hell yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, you were those <laughs> the bad boy. Your conservative Christian college. We've already I was covered TJ that. of the conservative Christian college, which says a whole fucking lot. Uh, I do want to ask. Okay, not not to paint with a broad brush, but I think it's safe to say that uh, the four of us would fall in the nerdier persuasion of the high school population. I've been shoved in a garbage can more than once. Yes, That's- I was in the marching band and the theater department. Me too. Yep, me That's too. what I was going to ask. Well, Chris is shocked because. I was like, have bullies like this ever existed? Because like yeah. we had bullies, but like 
the, I, the, it's nonsense in these movies, the way they behave no. it, to my eyes. I never got like intentionally shoved into a locker, but I got accidentally shoved into a locker once. And it was still like that kid was like, hold on. Oh, look how funny that was. I need to break this down. Um, <laughs> Like shoved into it with the door shut or okay. just like pushed into it, like so pushed this- against it. This kid, who I think eventually went to jail, or at least I oh, hope so, because I hate him. Um, yeah, uh, His he... name was T.J. Krupp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it His was name was Mookie, school. Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody, the real serial killer is named Grover. <laughs> <laughs> I I wrote down both both Grover and Stacy are serial killers in training. Like, yes. Yeah, I'm anyway, sorry. Ashley's story. <laughs> oh no! I mean, this is trauma. So this is you want therapy? Here we go. We're gonna talk. Yeah, about this. No, no, yeah. it's, it's not me this time. Yeah. It's not me this time. God, it's been a summer, yeah. Brandon. Fuck hell. Uh, I was walking. It was the end of the school day, and I was walking down the hall, and there were like lockers on one side, and the whole mech room was on the left. And this mm-hmm. kid, he's just literally just running out of the whole mech room, like for what reason? Because he Who could, knows? right? Yeah. Because he was a seventh grade boy, right? Uh, so he's running out of the whole mech room, and he just like it's like he's wearing roller skates and he can't stop. And so he just slams into me because of inertia. And he's like, Oh man, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, whatever. Cool. And then I hear him as I like move forward. He says, uh, Hey, do you guys see what I did to the fat girl? Fuck and, that kid. uh, oh. Yeah, Fuck, okay. Mookie Arizona, down. you're a dead man. We're gonna track yeah. down Mookie Arizona. And beat the <laughs> shit out of him. This is for Ashley. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is his younger brother was like the best. Yeah, um, he had a fantastic younger brother. I sang "Suddenly Seymour" with him for oh. like JG. Oh, he Heidel. had a gay young yeah. brother that you were in love with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kooky Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All of a sudden, like we cut back to the house, and they have magically set up a version well, of their we, honeymoon. Where no, there's a conversation at the lunchroom. Yeah, it's very important oh, because is, right. Mookie Arizona, uh, fresh <laughs> from having shoved Ashley into a locker, sits down, <laughs> sits down, and continues his psych- psychopathy by uh, uh, turning to to uh, uh, Grover and say and talk about how his own dad, you know, constantly is like is just addicted to divorce. Just Wallace Shawn, just like he goes two years of being married. He's like, I gotta get my fix. And you know that he, Wallace Shawn gives off the real fuckboy energy. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he does fuck in this. Movie, I mean, Wallace so. Shawn fuck. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I don't make yeah. any claims that he doesn't fuck, but that does not a fuckboy make. But so Grover's like, I've only there's something I could do about my parents getting was like my parents are getting separated and, and uh, Matt's like they're getting divorced. It's like, no, they just said separation. That means fucking divorce. You piece of shit. You dumbass. You He's piece smoking of three shit. cigarettes at once while saying this. <laughs> you you think you know shit. You don't know shit. I've been through it. I've seen it. You don't know me. You weren't fucking there. Coffee is for fucking closers. <laughs> and it's so tragic to see like Louise also like wanting to be their mom, even this early in the movie and them just kind of like disrespecting her, but not because they don't like her, but because it's like, you're at the end of your tenure with our family and it's easier for us to separate this way. Ooh, wait, that that's why uh, that's why Louise is trying to quit smoking is because she's sick of Matt stealing all her cigarettes. Yeah. But really, she should just keep smoking because the cancer will be much less painful than having to live in this house with these children. But so the <laughs> so so Matthew is so Matt is like, all right. Taking taking the drag of the of the the full pack of cigarettes that he is smoking, he is literally just the box in his mouth is on fire, like and he's like, yeah. and he's like, all right, listen, 
here's what you do. If I were you, I lock him in a closet until they worked everything out. Perfect play. Can't go wrong. And Grover's like, why, Matthew? That sounds like a swell idea. And he goes home and in the most convoluted of setups, Grover's talking to Stacy. The cat hops on the bed. She's like, were you in the basement again? I think there's mice down there. And he's like, the basement, basement. eh? Mm. And then we, when they go to the Good basement. Thing this to- house has one. You look over the for sale sign still in the hallway. He's like, the basement. <laughs> this house has a basement. Yeah, he opens the door. That's where this leads. <laughs> it, there's stairs going down. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but also, there's no cat door on this basement. <laughs> the door is closed. How did the cat get down there? <laughs> I mean, cats face through walls. We all know. Well, that. we see. We see later that there's about a three foot gap in the bottom of this door. <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think the door is just too small. Yeah. And also, that's one of Kevin Pollack's thousand projects he needed to do for this yeah. house. I also yeah. want to throw he out didn't that this finished the door. I also <laughs> throw out that this uh, kid in the '90s has a giant Browns poster on his wall, so we can't be 100 percent certain that he's sad about his parents' divorce. The sadness is already kind of baked in for this kid. So yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, Kevin Paul gives off big Cleveland fan energy in this movie too. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, I, I, I feel very bad because um, he immediately undermined me. I try because the parents come home, they start throwing his party, and originally, like Kevin Pollock is doing better at this. Mm-hmm. At like, okay, like the kids want to do this. Let's not. Yeah, like let's just get through this. Let's do this thing. The kids are going to be upset about. It. Let's not dwell on it. Whereas where Jamie Lee Curtis is uh, like being much worse about like, kids, what are you doing? We're getting we're separating. Stop trying to feel joy. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, as, as, as soon as I wrote that note, uh, Kim Paul comes out with like, no one needs therapy ever. No one should ever go to counseling. I'm like, OK, damn it. Never mind. That's yeah. Bad. Yeah. Well, it's- but it's 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 made worse because in this scene. We're also we also established Chekhov's ukulele. We are threatened with Kevin Pollack playing the ukulele. Yes. Sure, that was introduced in the video because he was playing it in Hawaii. And we're also threatened with Jamie Lee Curtis doing the hula, which, by the way, is not a threat. I want to watch that for hey, don't threaten me with a good time. Yeah, um, I, I love this moment, too, where they they set up that the honeymoon in the basement. They get the parents down there and then. Grover brings out the or has the bucket of champagne and Jamie Lee Curtis loses her mind. And what gets me is like in 2022, I'm sitting here going, why would you save that for 14 years? The earth will not be here in 14 years. Enjoy the champagne when you buy it. This was 1996. It was the end of history. Everything was working out. That's true. (laughs) Everything was looking up for everyone. Don't check into that if you're not a white person. That's fine. (laughs) I'm sure it's fine. I, I will also say I do have another semi-controversial statement here in this movie. I honestly, and, and I agree with what we said in the text chain last night too, where it's like, yeah, Wallace, Sean, and Louise also like really understand the assignment, but I think Kevin Pollock and Jamie Lee Curtis do as well. Like, I think they're pretty great in this movie and they understand what they're really trying to accomplish. I mean, well, that's a given. Jamie Lee Curtis always understands the assignment. Yeah. It's more yeah. of a shock because Kevin Pollock is Kevin Pollock. You know, you really don't know what you're going to get with him. Like, I love his podcast, but it's very, very weird. <laughs> it's amazing that he doesn't break out into like a million different uh, impersonations right throughout this movie. Like, <laughs> yes. yes, I was waiting for him to do a Christopher McDonald. <laughs> but yeah, so ultimately the kids are like, oh, you got to watch the tape here. We're going to go upstairs and not do anything nefarious. And they sneak away. The parents start having this like argument. And. 
at one point they go like the book said not to argue in front of the kids. And if you need a book to tell you not to argue in front of your kids, you were maybe already fucked. Like if you needed that that much, like, oh, shit, not but argue that, in front of kids. Interesting. That leads to Grover, too, though, because Grover is a 45 year old man obsessed with self-help tapes and books like, yeah, it, it, he clearly has. He has some issues that well, he's to- rebelling against his parents. His dad's like therapy and counseling is bad. And he's like, I'm going to go to therapy even harder. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also I like the idea that they're like, I imagine that like them like reading the book, like the kids are are like they're they're all in the living room. The kids are watching TV and Jamie Lee Curtis and Kevin Pollack are reading the book says never argue in front of the children. See, I told you, I told you we shouldn't be arguing in front of the <laughs> kids. Stupid bitch. Uh-huh. What did I say? <laughs> um, also, like not to shame Kevin Pollack and his upper body strength, but like you have so much time when this child starts nailing this door shut and you can't push it open. Like you and Jamie Lee Curtis can't push open a 10 year old boy nailing a door. Uh, shut. He has, a, he has the, on, the chair jammed in the, the, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But he not, I mean, well, I, 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 you're right. Cause I do have that's the next like, morning. Good yeah. for, Good for you, Kevin Pollock, knocking that chair across the Although room. I do want to point out, because this moment, yeah, so he goes, he, he tells him he's nailing the door shut. And then for like 35 seconds, fucking Sam Raimi comes in and directs the movie. <laughs> yes. I was so excited by it. And I was like, why is there more of this? Because there's this the like, wacky quick little, angles, this man. A series of shots of the parents realizing that the kids playing this out where he like opens up the cabinet and all the tools are missing. And like the window has been cemented shut. They check like two or three things and it's all this like canted angle, like push zoom, really dynamic kinetic filming that I was like the cinematography, like it's not bad. It's, it's perfectly, it's like workman, whatever TV show mm-hmm. cinematography, it, it gets the job done for the film, but suddenly there's this style and personality to it for this one sequence. And I'm like, where did this come from? Why can I have more of this? I do have to say, like, there is a lot to be said about the humor of Kyle Howard, who plays Grover. I mean, he is a really smart and funny kid in this movie, like, especially the moment when he has with Stacy upstairs as they're going to bed. And like Stacy says, what are you think they're going to do tonight? And his response is, I don't know, try to escape. Like, it's just it's perfect. It's like this perfect like level of just sarcastic and just not overdoing it. So I do want to give him credit for like being good in this movie. I just don't like him as a kid in this movie. And and that's fine. But then Stacy sends a chill down my spine when she, when they're nailing the, the door shut and she says, if you yell for help, no one will hear you. <laughs> and then it's like fine. walks away sure to get fine. a peanut butter sandwich. I mean, <laughs> she's not wrong because chief Rocco is just like, I accept that your parents are sick and you can just take care of yourself. Oh yeah. They live across the street from the chief of police, the ex chief of police, ex chief of police, yeah. who does not want to be the ex chief of police. <laughs> Fuck no! Oh my but god! Also, it took away his like, purpose. <laughs> he's wearing like a fish and wildlife jacket when we meet him. Uh-huh. So I was very confused. I was like, wait, it, does he work for the fish and wildlife now, or is that like the closest he could find to a police jacket to wear around? Like, it, yeah, it was. It was. They should have let off sooner that he was the chief of former chief of police because I spent a while going like, what's with this guy? Remember when Eddie was like the perfect dog and every movie had a terrier in it, like including the Ernest movies and Frasier on television. It's like, was this the was this the breed of dog of the 90s? Were we all obsessed with terriers? Chris, I do remember the Ernest movies. I don't know if you recall. Yeah, I scared us all quite stupid. (laughs) It's true. But uh, uh, with this dog, I I will share my controversial take, which is I did it. 
I found a dog I hate. Because we cut to this thing, just go like. Yeah, the the (laughs) smiling is weird. Yeah. And I'm like, Um, death. (laughs) It's like, I love all dogs except that one. I don't know if I ever in school had these um, private bathroom conversations with a friend. Like, I don't really remember doing that, but I really don't remember the uh, the the stereotype of TJ Miller popping out of a toilet and then becoming my best friend. Oh, uh, here. OK, OK. Word of advice yeah. to anyone out there. A high school bathroom is the single worst place to tell someone a secret. <laughs> Yeah, you need to check every single stall, every nook and cranny of that bathroom before you say a goddamn word, because otherwise you'll get exactly what happens here, which is he's like, it's like, hey, so I've just committed a crime by kidnapping my parents and locking them in the basement. Uh, so uh, what do I do now? I took your advice that you clearly were giving me willingly and like 100 percent seriously. Uh, now the, the key is as long as nobody else finds out, certainly nobody who has a weird vendetta against me. And yeah. And then as Chris said, the door bursts open and TJ Krupp slides out just like, did someone say my name? And he's like, no. And I make this joke, but I I do honestly believe this. I feel like TJ Miller saw this movie when he was 10 years old and said, that is who I am going to be because like, I am going to be a criminal. Yeah, everything, everything this Krupp child does, like from now on, just reminds me of the comedian T.J. Miller. I cannot get just, it out of my head. He looks like him a little bit. I guess that's or, either that or the kid from or the guy from uh, Workaholics who has the same haircut. Literally, when he first showed up in the home video, I was like, what was Harry Knowles doing? <laughs> I just wrote weird bully behavior. Uh-huh. I'm like, I don't really get this bully's motivation for anything in this movie. No. There's a lot. It's like, okay, he needs to be like put in his play. Like he just needs to see somebody be confident and then he respects them. Like, I guess like, but okay. also like, I mean, it is, it is a little telling that like we find out that he really is concerned about his mom and like the whole bullying thing comes from the stem of like having to compete with his father all the time and, and also try to like continue to grow. But like he found solace and other people that, doing bad things is fine. I, I don't know. Like there's 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 a level here and like a layer of onion that we could peel back, but this movie just just chooses not to. Is this I think this is when we first see Christopher McDonald and it is. his and a lady absolute... is sucking on his finger and it's weird. Oh yes, yeah, because now we get the the kidnap montage where yeah. we well, start do we get, with... do we him replacing the door and all that shit. Oh that's yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that's before. They, that's right. That's before yeah. they kidnap. Yeah, because yeah. first thing, yeah, they go. They go. He to shows the up in a sweet oh. Viking van. Oh, his yeah, Viking yeah, yeah, yeah. van, and he's got like he's got this electroshock thing. Like, just, oh, he, 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 it's a proton pack, my man. He's yeah, got a. Proton I, I was. Pack. That's what I was about to say. He's like, it's got a proton pack, and he's like, he's guarding the staircase while they replace the door with like the, this eye. Like they they replace it with prison bars. Yeah. Oh, not just prison bars. Car batteries attached to said prison bars to uh, electrocute them, but like, or no, they say that, but it never. No, the gets car batteries done. attached to the backpack. That's what he's, oh. he's describing the backpack because, okay, as you see, the parents are regularly grabbing onto the doors, including yeah. in the picture behind you. I was um, so disappointed that none of them got electrocuted in this movie. Did anyone else notice that sort of in the peak of kids trying to run a house, that when the bully shows up on the house, he grabs off of a plate a hostess cupcake. 
because they have taken like four or five hostess cupcakes remove them from the wrappers and just like <laughs> set them on a plate on the counter. That is the mother's OCD coming out in the children. And I'm like, I think that has to be the kids. I'm like, why wouldn't you keep them wrapped for freshness? They're going to go stale now. Why would you have them out? I, I, I'm not going to judge anyone who wants to just house five hostess cupcakes back to back, but if, you just let them sitting on a counter. If I may, though, as far as food crimes go in this movie, this is barely an offense. Oh yes, food crimes are plenty in this film. <laughs> yes, uh, that I will grant you. But so yeah, now now become now begins the kidnapping montage, and this is another point that uh, we hate movies made, which is that the the movie cowardly avoids showing us how they take down Christopher McDonald because that guy's not going down without a fight. They call it a sociology experiment. Right. That this is mm-hmm. for school. But Christopher McDonald's not going along with that. Not until he He's... gets his dick sucked. No. Yeah. He, well, but, he... but his son caught him in a moment of weakness. Right. So I think he's got blackmail. Nah, that's true. But the important thing is, welcome back to the podcast, Shooter McGavin. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I am on board for goose, this. Whole... Right. Is, is it Goose in Greece, too? Or which? Um, fuck. I can't remember his name. In... Yeah. Yeah. We'll find that. And also, he was in Dirty Work as well. I, I am on board for the premise of this movie until you bring in other parents. Like if it was just the two of them, I'm on. I, I get it. I'm like, yeah, this makes sense to me. But when you bring in strangers, this turns into my fucking nightmare. Being stuck in a basement with four people I do not want to be or six people I don't want to be there with my fucking nightmare, especially when they're like adults and like oh, your God. peers and yeah. like people that you yeah. have to interact with outside of. Uh-huh. Your house. It's a, like, throw it down. It's a truly unhinged premise, which is, I think, yeah. why I had to pick it for the podcast. I was like, "Oh, 100%. there's a movie where kids just kidnap all their parents and try to force them into therapy." I, and and, and I will say, to the movie's credit, like the immediate tone is Grover just being like, "Wait, wait, wait! No, 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 no! What the fuck? No, 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 mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm. no!" <laughs> yeah, but no, I think we all agree Donald is the fucking worst. Like he is the worst character in this movie, but also like. You need him. You you have to have a, a a villain in the basement with everybody else too, or else you don't connect with the parents at all. Yeah, you, you can't ha- you can't have it just magically all work and all the parents get yeah like better through this experience and stuff. You need someone like no, this shouldn't work. This shouldn't work for any of them, let alone all of them. What gets me though is like, why do we have to destroy Grover's parents' house? Like, why do all these children have to just live in this home now? Like, you well, have a home, go well, home, Chris, come back when- tomorrow. When you get hopped up on the pure adrenaline of a metal cover of a Sesame Street, (laughs) your your body takes over and you have no control. It's so absurd. This cover is awful. It's awful. And like, at first I was like, is that, does that Sesame Street? And when they say Sesame Street, I lost my goddamn mind. It just feels very out of place. Like, Mm. I'm like, I don't understand what this is, who would have been listening to this? Like, why is this just on in the house? Who? who has it mm-hmm. like they're not watching Sesame Street. Maybe the little girl is like occasionally, but even she's like, a I, little. I think the bully, like he just, he had, he and his gang have a metal band and they made this themselves. Cause they're like, look at Sesame Street. Either that or like, like I mentioned earlier with the joke about Grover, maybe they were just trying to torture Grover at school. And he's like, but it's a, it's a pretty good cover. You guys want to listen <laughs> to my band? Yeah. Um, oh, so you're yeah. saying it's Grover's band. <laughs> <laughs> not play a kind of music grover has yeah. an acoustic guitar he knows three chords on oh shit that's why he, he calls himself wonderwall that's why he calls himself grover yes 
I did write down at this moment because I wrote chaos time. Yikes. Right. Like all these kids are just maniacs. Uh, and I wrote, okay, so this is a movie about why parenting matters. Like this is yeah. watching this in your thirties for the first time. It's like, you know, I am a thousand percent on the side of the parents. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's a time, like as a kid, I would see this and go like, ah, oh, what luxury to like run around. Like if, if I had no parents, we would just like, yeah, we'd probably eat a bunch of junk food and play video games, but I don't imagine I'd play loud metal music and like trash the house. This nope. movie is so much different in your 30s because I was more angry at them destroying this home than I was at the idea of being locked in a basement. Like, I was like, no, don't you fucking destroy my house. I, I don't thing. care what else you do. Like, but the yeah. parents, whatever concerns they have about the future, they did get like a week off work. Like, having to go to the office if you're a nine to five or like, oh, sweet. Okay, whatever. I'm still also, a week off. This one child brings, and I say child, but like this this middle-aged adult man who's still in middle school uh, brings a snake to your house, too, and just lets Mm-mm. it loose. No. Mm-mm. No. Don't, no. Deal breaker. I'm out. I'm deal out. breaker. <laughs> well, I mean, it's deal breaker for Grover, too, because he storms off crying to his bedroom, like, you know, and like he's on the hillside in a Victorian novel. <laughs> <laughs> my my heart breaks though the next morning when he goes up to Stacy and wakes her up and she's like, I'm sorry, I just wanted to have fun. And I'm like, Yeah, you're a child. Also, you don't have to apologize for these idiots who broke into your house and destroyed everything. Also, when he's come when he comes downstairs and the house is trashed, the music makes it sound like he's walking through the aftermath of Gettysburg. Like it's just yeah, like he's on the fucking beach of Omaha. <laughs> yeah, just, my dearest Eliza. There were there were no survivors of the Great <laughs> Bindorf Massacre of 1996. Crunchberry Burgers. How do we feel about them? Gross. Death. Disgusting. But why? Death. But why this breakfast is my note. But why? But why? Like, but why? Uh, food waste pisses me off beyond all measure. But like to make cereal and then cook it like a burger and burn it. It. it mm. Nope. Oh, yeah. I have an I'm all out. caps note is how do these children manage to not burn down the house? Like it makes more sense the first day when it's just the Beindorf parents because it's like, here are Pop-Tarts. We are children. This is breakfast like that makes sense. Kids are not like, I don't know. Let's try to make burgers out of. Yeah, it's I don't think any human would ever do that. Any human child. I don't care what nonsense you have in your head. I don't think it would occur to anyone to do what they did. It's the kind of shit that you would only do if you are like trying to do something like oh man wouldn't this be funny like you're you're you wouldn't be doing it because you're sincerely trying to make a meal you're like dude what if we like just put all of this crap in a bowl and then just like mix it up until it literally looks like crap and burn it and then burn it it. yeah and then set it on fire my note too as from the adult perspective is that this just does not even look like fun it's just way too messy i'm like no thank you like i don't want to get my hands that dirty (laughs) Wallace Shawn seems to enjoy it, so maybe we should. Maybe we're all being too harsh because Wallace Shawn rules and he likes it. I don't know about you all. I don't want to buy or follow the uh, self-help motivational book called "Feel the Fear and Go for It." Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, to be fair, it does end up with with this kid being with Jen- Jennifer Love Hewitt, which should not happen based on no. this kid's haircut. Um, she only <laughs> likes him because he gets sappy at one moment and like there's a certain level of like emo-ness that girls are always kind of cool with like you oh, say that and yet here i sit alone um <laughs> they uh, but- well first off i i i like that Ke- they haven't even fucking walled off the bathrooms like this is where i'm like okay kevin maybe 14 years is, you don't have time to throw up some drywall it's fine if it's unpainted but like 
It's well, not even you're an architect and you didn't even put up drywall. Jesus. He was spending so much time getting that that picture of John Lennon with the Imagine poster just perfectly level above the toilet seat the whole mm-hmm. time. You know, like it's got to be perfect or else we can't shit here. <laughs> also, yeah, they, they keep saying that, you know, Wallace Shawn is going to about to get divorced, but like they are the one they're working in sync. They're always together mm-hmm. on this. It seems like the kids are the only problem. The I kids think these are asshole, the problem. I think these asshole kids don't realize that it, like after two years, all the stepmoms get sick of them because they they hate them yeah because they seem great together she's singing the battle hymn of the republic and holding up a blanket so he can piss it's great yeah and while sean loves his kids too to a point where it's like yeah he would see them being miserable after two years and be like well i can find another mom like i got see mad that they kidnapped him he's like well this is what the kids want okay yeah. here i am yeah he's on board so he <laughs> it's the big chris energy of like oh they have operation down here yeah but you know you you chris was talking about you know him feeling the fear and going for it. And I love this line reading where he walks up to Jennifer Love Hewitt and goes, you owe me a quarter. Which how, I, how, I, sorry, I relate to his skills with women. Yep. I mean, but yeah, I mean, if you if you're if you're nervous to talk to a girl you're attracted to, like sometimes just the thing that is in the back of your head comes out first, like it it's fine. But what's great is like she just burst into tears and it's like, oh no, I fucked up. Like, That's wild to it's me. Wild. Like that this interaction immediately causes her to stop. I was like, what the hell is going yeah. on with this yeah. character that I forgot about, by the way? Mm-hmm. Like, I watched this in chunks, and like by this point, I was like, Oh yeah, Jennifer Love Hewitt's in this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I it remember. means you know who else was in this movie? <sighs> Jennifer fucking Tilly. Oh my God. And as we said, she is not, if you're worried, if you're like, oh man, a regular mom's about to enter this movie. Don't you worry. (laughs) I wrote that she's dressed like a 10 year old. So they they were kind enough to call her a 15 year old, but she looks like a 10 year old. I agree with you there. I do agree with you there. But like, I think there's a, a level of her trying to be relatable to her daughter and like, there's there's again, there's there's layers to these characters that we never explore. Is also costume problem. design ideas. While obviously teenagers have bad tastes and are terrible and no one should ever be a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's something to like the way 15 year olds would actually dress that. Like, I feel like if I was a costume designer, we would do a costume test with Jennifer Tilly in those clothes and it would just look like slightly provocative clothing for an adult. Yeah, and, like wouldn't actually read as that inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, whereas making her look like a 10 year old is I was like, this is weird. I don't like this. Why is she yeah. 10 and jumping on a trampoline? This is weird. Yeah. yeah. And she looks TJ up and down on the way into the basement. Yeah. I, 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 I missed that just because I was focused on Jennifer Tilly because I oh. <laughs> there was a lot of awakenings a, a, a 10 year old Chris had in this movie, like a, a young Jennifer Love Hewitt, a Jennifer Tilly, Jamie Lee fucking Curtis, like all, all the women in this movie are tense. All of them. All of them are tense. Like the men, fuck them. They're awful. But the women are. <laughs> I will not hear a bad word against Wallace Shawn. Oh no, yeah, he, he counts. He shit. counts. He counts under the women category too. He's fine. He he's a ten. All he's he gets his own. He's he is just a ten. Wallace Shawn equals ten. Period. He's a ten, but clearly I cannot choose the glass in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. He's hot and smart. A winning combination. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, they get her downstairs. Yeah. And she's like, what's is this the PTA meeting? She, oh, yes. she I do love how easy it is to trap her. Yeah, yeah she is they're a little like, dumb. They're like, yeah, emergency PTA <laughs> meeting in this uh, random house basement. She's like, sounds good. I'm a cool mom. I'll bring and, the wine. And she yep. just like doesn't get it at all. But like what's hard for me is 
this this moment where Grover like loses his goddamn mind. Everybody runs out of the house to go play football because TJ's like, let's play football because I'm unhinged and I need medication. And like he goes out there and instead of just being like, oh, I have the ball. I have your attention now. He chucks this football over the fence. But well, I had they- to watch this like five times in a row because I, I had my headphones on while listening and watching the movie. One of the tiny children yells the words, what the fuck? <laughs> when the ball goes over the fence. And I'm like, this movie has a fuck in it. Good for them. Like, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. To pass. Yeah. And a, a, a what the fuck so subtle that it even snuck past the elf ears of uh, the, the IMDb parents guide because there's nary a mention of a child yelling what the fuck. Yeah, because normally the, the parents guide is written by their neighbor with the binoculars. Yes. <laughs> um, I do want to say, though, I found it odd at the football moment when Jennifer Love Hewitt is also immediately on board for football. Like, first off, she is the, she was just crying about her mom. And this dude's like, hey, we're doing this group therapy thing. And then she's immediately like, oh, fuck it. I like football. Yeah, but a boy named Grover might actually tackle me. I don't I don't think that's buddy. I don't think that's what she's thinking. Oh, I don't know women. Uh, none of Chris, do, you are the Ashley. engaged one. I, every I t- every time this subject comes up, I have to remind us that of I, the I need, of the four of us, I need you to understand that this comes up between Merritt and I often. Like we'll sit there and have conversations, and I will look at her and go, "I I, I still don't get how this happened, but all right." <laughs> like she's and like, again, yeah, I have canceled happiness. I don't know how you two keep skating by. <laughs> I was very clear in my demands. Uh, uh, marijuana. <laughs> That, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, this this just like weird, like Grover is going to take over and become the adult in this situation. Yeah. I wrote so down, what odd. in the TV therapy hell is going on? Oh, <laughs> First off, I wrote at this point, like, let's be honest, Christopher McDonald would have snapped hours ago and murdered everyone in this basement. Like this mm-hmm. man does not have the patience to be trapped down here for more than 30 minutes. No. Um, no, the cocaine has left his system at this point. He needs a fix. Yeah. So <laughs> they they come up with this this scheme to cut holes in the floor and then lower a camera and speakers through the hole in the holes in the floor so that they can have this back. Also, they at some point presumably also got the hook up with the TV so that the cameras mm-hmm. up top. Could you? So I so the. We need well, I, I, like, curious about Mookie, that. Mookie has all the all the tech at his house. So like Mookie can make it work. Well, I'm not going to about the mechanics of the connection. I'm talking the logistics of they at some point would have presumably had to have sent TJ down there with the with the the uh, proton pack so that they could make the TV hookup. This movie is really just RCA propaganda. Like it's just <laughs> all about getting technology and and making home movies. Like you want to make home movies? Yeah, you should Would do your it. Parents not get divorced. RCA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I was thinking about it watching the movie. Like parents, they're like I would think then also have the immediate like power move of every time the kids try to do this stupid little uh, group therapy thing, just go and rip the cord out of the TV again. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? Come back down? What well, what also gets me is like the parents at this point are trying to figure out how to escape. And their only their only thought at this point, instead of getting all of them together to push against that metal door and break it down, because obviously all of them together would have been able to do it, is to find a hidden laundry chute that they locked up because they were afraid the kids would like fall down it. And I'm like, I get that. But also, when we get to the laundry chute, how 
fucking tall is this house? Like there's I have so many questions, but yeah, so they're they're trying to figure out how to escape. And then, Brian, you had the perfect observation about how this therapy starts. Yeah, because the TV like the TV turns on and it's like I wrote it's a cult orientation video because Grover turns to the camera and goes, welcome, my children, to your new life, to the happiness of the Grover family. We are and the and the other kids all kneel down and go you in unison going, we are here to help you. Welcome to Grover Town. I mean Jonestown. I mean, oh, it's fine. And they also like made signs. And first off, they used Grover, the Muppet's face in the O of Grover. <laughs> yes. Like really staring into it. <laughs> and also they're playing dress up. So like Yeah, because also as I wrote down, the little sister, I paused it at one point. She looks like Marlon Brando in the island of Dr. Moreau. She does. They used her stand in for this shot. It's fine. <laughs> I also don't like that this movie called me out that um they're trying to use nostalgia to fix everyone's problems because they're playing everyone's like first song or the song that they danced to at their wedding and like music from their generation to try to get them back in this headspace. And I'm like, fuck you. I just want to watch my cartoons and not think about my past. But here in Grover town, we remember <laughs> that the past was good and we want to make the past a bold new future where peace and prosperity reigns over all and all it takes is your is your devotion and several thousand dollars i also am not campaigning for roller coaster of love to become merit and i's first dance song but also like roller coaster of love is a really fucking great song <laughs> like i That's love fair. it <laughs> um i i do like that also the therapy once it gets going starts like fucking kindergarten cop where it's <laughs> who's your daddy and what does he do mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's introducing their profession for some reason uh like importantly though it does lead to us finding out that jennifer tilly is as she calls herself a performance artist mm-hmm. and it, and then the 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 ignorance of her child to be like no mom you're a waitress i'm like no your mom's a stripper it's like she serves coffee between sets Mm-hmm. Oh, that famous strip club coffee. <laughs> so you say that, though, but did you know that the biggest brunch you can get in Atlanta is actually at a strip club and it has a four to five hour wait? Um, I'm going to have to believe the biggest brunch in Atlanta is at a Baptist church. I'm just going to say Good there has to be some mega Baptist church that you can get like a 14 hour long brunch. Can we Sunday. just do a road trip for like two weeks where we just go up and down the coast and try every strip club brunch that we can find and find um, the best? I'm busy those Hard months. pass. <laughs> you go ahead. Bud. New Patreon goal. <laughs> yeah. If okay. you fund if we, it, if, I will do it. I'm if just we get $2,000 a month, I'll do it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Make it happen, everybody. <laughs> I would also like to point out that Wallace Shawn works at a big and tall store. I Buckeye, love that. big and tall. But, and he, and part that. of the slogan is it's like, so if you come to us, ask for shorty. <laughs> but honest <laughs> to God, though, like if you if, if Wallace Shawn came up to me in a clothing store and said, I'm here to give you everything you need and we're going to get you out of this store today looking amazing. That's a terrible Wallace Shawn. It doesn't matter. I would say um, marry me now. I like would if say Wallace yes. Shawn walks up. He said, I give you everything you need. I'm like, yes, yeah. I would say here is the card and this is the budget. Make me fabulous because that man has to be amazing at this job. 
he's definitely got money. He's clearly got money. So like somehow, so whatever it is, he gets commissions or whatever. I don't know how that works, but it seems like just a pretty regular service job to me. But and then, yeah, then his wife, Louise, is a cosmo is a part time cosmetologist at a pharmacy and full time audience for Vic and Wallace Shawn. I and I wrote here, I would die for Wallace Shawn because he's like. It's like, yeah, especially in bed. Ha 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 Here's the here's the problem though, is we continue down the line and we get such a heartbreak. Oh my god. This, this is the most devastating. this is devastating. Sheila it McCarthy really is. is Gwenna, mm-hmm. Donald's wife, Christopher McDonald's wife. And she is just like Gwenna Krupp, homemaker. And like it is like it is Well, that's the last is, one because they skip her first. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. supposed to go next and they skip to Christopher McDonald and then they go back to her. Yeah. And it is on par with Alice and Janney in American Beauty. Like the the story that that reading tells. Well, mm. just like a simple line. You're just like, oh, my God. Well, and it doesn't help the fact that like Christopher McDonald skips her and says, like, I'm a lawyer. I do all these things. You're breaking this penal code or whatever. And she tries to break in like, oh, it's no longer a felony. Number one, it's felony. Number two, because of the revit. And he shuts her up. And then you see all the joy just drain out of this woman and we find out worse about her life later like about just how big a piece of shit donald has been to ruin like he ruined her life 100 uh but then of course they they break out into a fight because they're trying to cover up the fact that they're looking at the plans for the basement and try to find the uh oh no this is a real fight yeah oh you're right it is and this is and we and we find out that this movie is a fantasy because kevin pollack lands a punch on christopher mcdonald because kevin pollack's gone this film has gone too long without anyone punching christopher mcdonald and i'm like i agree we have a similar note, Brian, but my fantasy is, I'm sorry, small child, you're wrong. There was nothing better than American Gladiators on television in 1990. American Gladiators. It came out wrong, and I don't care. <laughs> I also love that, uh, so Jamie Jamie Lee Curtis sees on the TV, the dog is like on the chair, yeah. and she's like, all right, now it's too much. <laughs> Kidnap me, six strangers, lock us in the basement. Feed us goop for breakfast. That's fine. But a dog in my house. Also, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis has this this amazing moment. It's a great choice, too, when everything's like kind of clearing out and the kids spray the, the dads down with water and get them like to stop fighting each other. She starts organizing and picking up the Monopoly money that's on the ground into correct piles. And I'm like, fuck, girl, you need therapy. Like, let's figure out what is happening here. Uh, Grover's trying. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Grover. The parents get the counseling or else they get the hose again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those were impressive squirt guns, though. They are. That was was a lot of force, and they had really good aim. And I was like... Oh, and they don't (laughs) cheap out. These are super soakers, too, And I think it was these hoses is where I also wrote down that this is the Stanford Prison Experiment, the movie. Not to be confused with the actual movie they made about the Stanford Mm -hmm. Prison Experiment. I'm pretty sure TJ filled his super soaker up with piss, though. Like it's piss. It's 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 not water. Nothing in, that's coming out of there is 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 potable liquid. Yeah. So they called out, and the the parents like, okay, we're gonna we need to like, they're gonna make us some dinner. So we're gonna uh, dig through the ceiling here, uh, and we distract him. This we find out that Louise's only go to distraction is just to sing the Battle of the Republic. <laughs> yes, because she goes and stands at the top of the stairs. Because that's not going to arouse suspicions. Like, uh, right. hey, uh, 
Hey, Mookie, is there a reason that uh, your mom is standing at the top of the stairs singing about him or the public? I mean, they, like, they do stuff. at least set it up earlier that she's singing it when Wallace Shawn is taking a piss. But see, they don't even need to do that because these children are planning on killing the next door neighbor with with a trap. Like TJ climbs up in a tree and is like figuring out how to like, do we need to catch old man creepy from next door? And they have a fake mannequin that is wearing a bag and they hang him from a tree. And what's wild? They set up two. Three, we, Brian. Yeah, they set up three. There are multiple of these traps in this backyard. Mm-hmm. And also, I, I made the note later, but I realized somewhere, I realized at one point, like, you know, with the, the timeline of this movie, at some point, the school is going to be checking up on, hey, all these kids just stopped showing up for several days. I think they're still going to school. They did for like the first day. It's also yeah. possible this is the weekend. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Like this film might take place over two and a half days. Brandon, you're currently going through a great 90s sitcom that all of us enjoyed in the 90s. Uh, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. When Grover is preparing their fancy dinner and he comes out of the kitchen, does he have supreme 1990s dad energy? That like when he's. He's wearing the apron and he's like, hi, kids, we're going to have a fancy dinner this evening. How you doing? <laughs> uh, I, I'm distracted because before that, we have this weird, wacky place setting dance oh, God, sequence. Because, yes. yes. you know, okay. every kid's fantasy is to be real wacky while setting okay. up a fancy dinner place setting. Okay. This montage has one joke in it that if the movie had set this as a tone earlier, I would think would be an amazing joke. But the problem is, the movie has not earned this gag, the reality breaking moment that they do, because if this were a movie where you established or like if you like a because with that opening monologue of him, like turning to the camera and being like, you're probably wondering how I got here. And like and like that saved by the bell energy where it's like you have this sort of like yeah, heightened cartoonish reality, because what happens is. TJ is taking all the these these dishes out of the cabinet and tossing them. We cut to the other angle where a different kid in the line catches it. And then one time he throws, cuts to the other angle, and TJ catches it and walks away. And then Mookie looks and goes like, whoa, 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 what? And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't get to do that gag in this movie. You haven't earned that. You don't get to like it's too late to do this. And then you never do it again. You don't, you don't even do it again. It's just a one-off gag that I'm like. I like how that's what gets to Brian. What gets to me is that they spend like three full fucking minutes making me watch basically the same thing on repeat <laughs> of just tossing plates. Well, that's Ashley. how I okay. was able to survive uh, on, those three Ashley, minutes. Ashley's been trying to say something for like three minutes. Ashley. <laughs> okay. So if there's this, so this sequence is pretty dumb, right? Yes. But in actuality, is there anything actually dumber than owning fine China? No. Like, what is the uh, point? I don't understand of Ashley, having. Like, you and I have probably the same nose because when they're dancing in front of that China hutch, the only thought I had was the China hutch we had in our home. If you even stepped remotely in the same room, it shook. It yeah. shook and it was going to fall yeah. over. I thought I found this to just be stressful, right? Yeah. Like this whole sequence, I'm like, they're going to they are going to drop it. Like, well, <laughs> if you thought this was stressful, wait for the God of Carnage scene that's going to happen around this fucking dinner table. TJ's <laughs> throwing these dishes and because he's super excited, like, man, my dad won't let me touch the Nazi plates at home. Right, <laughs> right. Chris called this, you know, the God of Carnage dinner scene. I just said it became a Robert Altman movie because all of a sudden it becomes this very like freestyle. Everybody's kind of talking over each other a little bit. Like 
is like you know, a very quote unquote naturalistic like well like, and this like, weird like Grover flirting with with Jennifer Love Hewitt across the table while everyone is watching them so uncomfortable and he's like I just feel invisible and I'm like I get it in the 90s I did too big guy but also like that this is not a relatable way of talking about this this dumb don't do this like also for fuck's sake stop moving the camera in this scene <laughs> for some reason every scene everything is just like tracking as someone's sitting there talking then no no it's, it's it drove me insane i couldn't figure out why why are all the lights on in this house why <laughs> because these kids don't pay electric yeah, bills a, and they don't because get it. well because kevin pollock's in the basement he's not able to walk around like what am i the goddamn electric man just flipping off all the light switches yeah because he's yeah because <laughs> like the door to things rusted shut so he's like i know i'll shut off the power and they'll be they'll go insane without tv he's not like, wrong though he's not wrong but before like, they before they before the circuit breaker bit though we get the saddest story beat in the entire film, which is Gwenna's tragic backstory. Oh, yes. That oh. she she met Christopher McDonald in law school, and then she dropped out and became a waitress to support his law career. Until he got established, and then she's now a homemaker, as she said in the quietest <laughs> line in the film. As she, as she said, I'm a homemaker, wear a raincoat. fucking awful man well and this is also the moment where uh i realized that louise and i had a lot more in common than i was expecting cigarette problems (laughs) no just like she's like but they're your kids and i was like fuck (laughs) no why you gotta hurt me like this film but i love wallace sean though like his his reaction is is so perfect though because like not not trying to diminish her feelings he just goes but they locked us both in here yeah well like i mean she spoiler alert like they do call her mom at one point and then obviously like it's you know the finale we find out that they're kind of like building family together too and it's just like it's really nice like that she gets a little happy ending but i was just like oh it just hit me by surprise (laughs) ashley you'll find your wallace sean we promise i also love um I love this moment that comes up after here too with Jamie Lee Curtis when she finds out the kids were drinking. Like the power of a mom from a basement on a camera to scream these kids the fuck to sleep. Like that is what a mom can do. Yeah, like, I, that's I, awesome. I wrote like <laughs> if Jamie Lee Curtis yelled at me like that, I would crawl into a corner, curl up in a little ball, and die. Like I would let her do whatever she needed to do to me, even if it's murder. Like I mean, I don't you would care. do that without her yelling, Chris. It's true, it's true. I'm, All, I'm a and, and then also because they're they're flipping because uh, Kevin Pollock is flipping the circuit breakers off because yeah, as Chris said, it's going to be like I'm going to drive. The, they're going to go insane because they. They they need their Nintendos and their hip hop music. And Jamie Lee Curtis is like, no, and turns the lights all back on because they can't go three seconds without having an argument because this is a healthy marriage that should definitely stay together. And they're flipping the circuit breakers on and off. And like that's even in the nights, it's got to set off some kind of alert, right? Like the electric company surely has been like, huh. All of these, like these, like something's weird is going on at the at the Beindorf place. I don't know if it's they kind of live on a compound too. It doesn't really feel like it's a suburb or a neighborhood. They feel like they're out of like harm's way. So it's like the only people they ever encounter are this old man and his cop buddies who he calls constantly. Yeah, he calls because he yeah, he calls them. They show up to be like, 
yeah, so your neighbor noticed the lights were just going ape shit. What's the deal with that? And Stacy pops in and she's like, oh, hey, officers, uh, come inside. Yeah, get to, come in, go into the back where the good coats are. You don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. Like, And then the, luckily the other kids came up with the plan of, oh, let's just act like we're having a party while the power's out. Instead of the Stacy's like, wait, what the fuck? Where are the baseball bats? <laughs> but I think mom was right because there are way too many candles lit now. Like in this house, I'm like, oh, this place is gonna burn. It's gonna yeah. burn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then as like, it should. Right. As TJ TJ's pretending to be this electrician, like to fool them, and I'm like, that is obviously a child. Like but <laughs> it almost. But here's the thing: like, child. you're right, Ashley. But honestly, my note was like. Thank God they have this kid who got held back four times because he's close enough to an adult that I would probably be like in a dark room where children are playing Twister. I'd be like, yeah, that, that, OK, you obviously yeah, of, of all of them. He's the one he's the one who would get charged as an adult. Yes. But Wallace Shawn down in the basement, first off, absolutely trying to get an orgy going. Oh, fuck they, yeah. Uh, TJ hides the champagne in the proton pack and then in the subsequent chaos. And the, the the proton pack ends up in the basement, and while Sean finds the champagne and is like, "Let's all get wasted." Yeah, this this is the big mom moment because they had Mookie guarding them because uh, TJ needed to play his role as the thirty five year old man for the cop, and so Christopher McDonald immediately just attacks him because <laughs> of course he does, mm-hmm. and then yeah, uh, uh, Louise saves him, and he goes, "I was like, thanks, mom," and it's yeah. like, it's this great moment. It's I love that. It's really great, and then. But yeah. but like I wrote down here, like I would love to just ha- just like hang out and get drunk with Jamie Lee Curtis, Wallace John, Christopher McDonald and Jennifer Tilly. Like imagine yeah. imagine just today. Like, yeah. <laughs> like just sitting around, you know, chugging, chugging alcohol, just drinking wine. That's that's a party. And like, just tell me more about Greece, too. <laughs> well, and this is also where we find out, like, uh, Louise, you know, has been going through her cigarette withdrawal. And we find out Jennifer Tilly stopped quitting smoking five years ago. And there's one cigarette left. And I I'm stopped like, quitting because my mom said I'm too young to smoke. <laughs> but like Jennifer Tilly's like, I don't put anything else in my body right now that's not supposed to be there. And I'm like, you 1000 percent smoke weed. Don't 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 give me that. Like, uh, yeah. So Wallace Sean is like, fuck it. Let's have an orgy. I can't believe we waited this long. And I'm like, well, everybody's paired off. And like Christopher McDonald has to sit in a corner, jerk off lonely by himself. While the what I hope ends up being the greatest lesbian couple of all time, which is Mrs. Krupp and Jennifer Tilly, because mm. they are the perfect couple. They 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 fit so well and such a great. I just want to see. A, I want to see that pairing. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, Gwen is a little too old for her. No, she needs an adult. She needs an adult, Brian. She needs somebody to take care of her. Can we skip over Jamie Lee Curtis climbing the laundry chute, though? Oh, uh, is that for the problems? Where yeah, she should before, have. Before the, which yeah, is also how Wallace Shawn gets them to take off his wife's bra, which is a smooth yeah. move. Yeah, buddy. It's like, yep. huh? The only possible wire should be from her bra. Let's not even consider other options, honey. But I like that he's also like, they're big enough that that wire is huge, y'all. It's fine. <laughs> My wife, um, she has nice tits. <laughs> yeah, I, I have questions about this laundry shoe. Uh, it goes on for an infinite, an infinite amount of time. There are rats living in it, even though it is a vertical tube. It, it, like how these rats live off. in it. Yeah, on both ends. Yeah, the rats are only there to emphasize Jamie Lee Curtis's supple ass in one shot. Like they, they, like they scan down her, and it's just like big old butt. 
big old oh, ass right there. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just realized that uh, the woman who plays Louise is uh, Jonah Hill's mom in 21 Jump Street. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hot damn. What a good movie. So Jamie Lee Curtis is climbing up this this tube and the rats happen. And then she starts punching through a wall into their their bedroom and the kids see her and we get first off. Jamie Lee Curtis is a phenomenal actress across the board, but people kind of don't give her enough credit all the time for her comedy. She is fucking hilarious in this in this movie. And like the bit of her holding herself up by the drywall and like missing it and like slipping down and screaming the whole way down. And it's way too long. But what is crazy to me, and again, I know it's a 90s comedy, I know it's a kid's comedy, this woman would have shattered her legs, shattered her hip, and she would never walk again. It's okay, Chris. She landed on a trampoline. It was a trampoline. And then she split her pants. Because <laughs> we need to see onto pants in this movie. I just like, I'm like, that is badass. She climbed the rope in high school. Like, yeah. I don't know. That's, <laughs> I don't think I could have climbed <laughs> done what she did. Oh, God, no, no. But yeah, it, it, and then yeah, like we mentioned, while Sean instigates an orgy with with birth with uh, anniversary cake and including uh, the point with Mrs. Krupp takes out uh, yeah. lingerie that never got worn. Oh, and also Mrs. Krupp uh, jams a fucking piece of cake into Shooter McGavin's face, which yeah. finally. But it actually breaks him a little bit. He has a moment of like kind of levity, and he does laugh it off. And I'm like, thank God he doesn't get pissy about that. Like, also that cake is gross by now. It's just been out. For three days, like you. But the last food they had, Ashley, <laughs> yeah, was crunchberry so burgers. I know. <laughs> I would eat the mold off of bread to get out of this situation. I've eaten counter cake before. It's fine. <laughs> counter cake. Said with the confidence of someone who has eaten counter counter cake multiple times. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I am also the one that puts the uh, cupcakes out on a plate just so I don't have to rip them open every time I just shove them in my face. Yeah, I... <laughs> I, I do, this film does posit though that horniness solves all problems. Mm-hmm. Basically, they get drunk and at least uh, Wallace Shawn and uh, Carolyn Aaron fuck. Uh, oh, they fucked every night. Yeah, I don't know if the others do, but like, yeah, basically, like, oh, they need to get drunk and fuck, and then mm-hmm. all their marriage problems were solved. Yeah, but, but the thing is, like, it's <laughs> it's it's not that it's horniness doesn't solve problems. It's the resolution of horniness that That's solves fair. problems, yeah. because yeah. I think we can all agree that being horny is its own set of problems. Problem. <laughs> I do have to say, I, I, I'm so glad and grateful that this movie takes a moment here, though, when when uh, Grover comes downstairs to see the the little sister watching everybody dance and have fun and then have their moment to talk. As opposed to like him coming downstairs and it's Jennifer Love Hewitt watching it being upset and then having like a romantic moment and kind of like because the movie is not about them. The movie is about these two children trying to save this marriage and save their family. And it's a nice moment, too, because like Stacy's there and she's like she's like, I had a nightmare. Like, so she's down there because it's like it's just like it's the comfort like because she can't she can't like go into the parents room to be like, you know, I had a nightmare. Like, Mm. can I can I sleep in here? Like kind of thing. And it's like it's that Grover like we do literally like need parents in order to like we're because we are still children Mm -hmm. but what if they were fucking and that video was on like what if they'd cut them (laughs) it's nice that they cut them before they fucked (laughs) yeah like like mookie comes down he's like oh look mom and dad are dancing oh no (laughs) everybody's hugging (laughs) i'm convinced mookie comes down and like turns the camera towards other couples is like i've always wondered what mrs grover looks like because by the way Jamie Lee Curtis, <laughs> Mrs. <Dancing>. Grover. <laughs> 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 
Is that Grover's mom? Yeah. Grover. It would just be Mrs. Street. Grover. <laughs> but also like this moment too where Kevin Pollack is is playing the ukulele. Like I know it's it's silly and it's kind of a bit much, but like when he puts it down and she starts playing the music on the music box, they dance together. Like it gave me hope. It really did. It it changed my opinion on on Kevin Pollack. I'm like, oh, you're just a guy that's frustrated who feels like he's standing still in a world that is just being regulated all the time. And now you see your wife loosening up and having fun. And now you're having fun again. I'm like, yeah, we need to take chances and remember those moments. Like, remember when your wife wasn't such a stuck up shrew. (laughs) <laughs> and then we're automatically like taken away from it because Shooter McGavin starts singing Blue Hawaii while breaking this 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 fourth wall that doesn't ex- like or like breaks the concrete barrier from. Oh yeah, we forgot yeah. to mention they poured cement in the window basins to make sure they couldn't get out the basement windows. I'm more upset yeah. that he shattered that picture of John Lennon just to break out of this place. I think there had to be a better tool in the basement for that than the broken frame of this photo. You'd think. The next morning, uh, a nightmare happens for me. Yep. Uh, Grover wakes up with a fucking snake in his bed and he no, screams at the snake. And I'm like, don't scream at the snake. Just get up and run away because that snake is going to bite you. That's the thing is, I'm, I'm not a snake guy either. However, at this moment, I did write down. I've only known Spot for a day and a half. But if anything happened to him, I would kill everyone in this room and then myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. No, Spot's fun. You know what uh, I don't get is this movie feeling like it was necessary for Grover to walk in on Jennifer Love Hewitt and getting out of the shower. Like, no, don't, no. Yeah, that means she didn't lock that door, though. That's a choice. Also, like when she looked at Grover and, and you know, outside of the bathroom is like, oh, I'm done. You know, it's fine. And then she stops and is like, just so you know, you're not invisible. I see you. I was like, yeah, he's right there in front. Oh, oh, right. Mentally, <laughs> you see him. Oh, OK. Yeah. Okay, I get it now. Yeah. Also, I do just want to shout out when I pointed out that uh, that Jennifer Love Hewitt made the choice not to lock that door. Ashley's facial response is kind of like it's a remove. She was was a little game respect game. Mm -hmm. Ashley's giving a little like, all right, that's not bad. And and when she said when she says the line about like, just so you know, you're not invisible. I was like, again, these are the kinds of I like you signs that are helpful. Well, here's the thing. There is something about the the mystery of like the secrets of a teenage girl and how they think and how they flirt that I have never understood and never will. Now that I'm an adult man, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Yeah. But like, (laughs) obviously, don't don't follow this rabbit hole. Chris. I'm I'm watching. I'm watching this from the lens of 10 year old Chris, by the way. Like, I'm just sitting here going like, I wouldn't understand any of this happening to me right now either. So, like, I get it. And again. I also barely understand like women my age. Yeah. <laughs> like I I still haven't really picked it up. Like can we all agree that Ben Stein is the perfect divorce divorce lawyer? Why did I say divorce? Divorce lawyer. Oh my god. No, Ben Stein is the perfect divorce lawyer, period. <laughs> now I I want to I want to hear Ben Stein in in like still in the Ben Stein voice like doing the like the New Yorker newsy oh, okay, accent. Okay, let's see if I can do this. Um is Mrs. Grover home? And oh, no, I can't do it. I, I, oh, is I, Mrs. I don't have. Gro- a, I, don't, is, I don't have a Ben Stein. Oh, is yeah. Miss Grover home? Hello, is Miss Grover home, Governor? Yeah. I wrote that I think that uh, Ben Stein's character is Grover's true father because they have the same address. <laughs> <laughs> they have the same disposition. That's why I'm so invested in this divorce. <laughs> 
I don't care that she's sick. I'm still getting $500 an hour. <laughs> like, but yeah, like, so Grover gets handed these divorce papers by and Ben he, he has himself a Tommy Wiseau freak out at this point. Yeah, I wrote down some pretty weak emo shit, if I'm being honest. This is where it turns into murder. This is he starts just killing the adults at this point. <laughs> you're you're gonna be together forever, six feet under. Oh, and it is confirmed uh because also in this moment while they're getting ready for the next day, and the kids are actually making a real breakfast for everybody or whatever. Um, Wallace, Sean, and Louise have their separate little bedroom with the uh with the curtains up, and they both pop up like, yes. "Good morning." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. they fucked." Yeah. It's like it's like it's like a small tube. Like there's like no room. They're just like fully entwined. Like yep. they only had enough room if they were inside each other. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's weird though that um the idea of Jennifer Tilly like becoming more mature is her putting on Jamie Lee Curtis's prom dress. Yeah, yeah. that was odd. Like at sense. least she's now high school instead of a 10-year-old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Baby steps. Baby steps. <laughs> I I like to think of it as like this was actually about Gwenna, right? And like mm-hmm. she wanted to put on a fashion show and have some fun and let loose, right? And so yeah. like and and Jennifer Tilly's character was like, yeah, I'm game. And she's like, ooh, let's just find you something pretty to wear and then I can announce you, right? Like, so yeah, like, I'm, this is- I'm game. And later she goes, I'm gay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grover uh, has a moment where he reveals the, the divorce here by getting them all together and having like his therapy session. And then two things happen simultaneously. Kevin Pollock breaks my heart when he finds out that there's divorce papers because his, his entire demeanor just crashes in this moment and it's heartbreaking i'm like god damn it he might actually be a really good actor and i'm just like you're just an insane person and it's hard to follow both those lines but the second thing that happens is grover has his footloose dancing in the warehouse getting my emotions out moment because he starts like like slamming himself against the furniture and the walls and is like ah play a song so i can dance it out and then he does angry sad biking Yeah, he goes to the millhouse. He goes to his place to cry. Yeah, he goes to. <laughs> he, he doesn't have the crying boat, but if he if he had a crying boat, he would be in it. Mm-hmm. He finds a pile of fireworks and looks at Mookie and goes, "This is where I go to cry." <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, "Tell us how you really feel, Grover." Well, and it, it, that also speaks to the, like the the semi unhealthy nature of of you know not all of our childhoods, but some of our childhoods where it's like you didn't process emotions because you weren't allowed to with your parents so you had to find ways of doing it on your own like there are moments there where i'm like god this movie is deep but then it does stupid shit and it's just like it kind of loses its moment its momentum here i think this is the point where obviously we're in act three and it should be like rebuilding everything but i feel like this movie drops the the ball here it just kind of turns into a strict comedy and just gets out of this really fast much like they get out of the basement really fast because they've chipped through all this cement overnight mm. bullshit. <laughs> Wait, yeah, with a picture frame. And yeah, so they're like, oh, we got, we made a hole. And Wallace Shunk goes, that's too small to fit through. And then everyone looks at him and goes, no way. There's no way that I, Vic Gilligan Finley, am going through that smash cut to Wallace Shunk getting shoved through the hole. I just love this moment, too, where Kevin Pollack joins Shooter McGavin. He's like, by the way, this is my lawyer for the divorce. And he takes a second to go. Yeah, no, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. 
That's fine. So Shifley goes, I can get you to the house. The kids might be a problem. Yes. I love that line. I think that's a great line. That's a really good line. Yeah. Great fucking line, man. Poor Wallace Shawn getting stuck in a hole like poo in a honey pot. Yeah. It does. It's very his stomach funny, is though. His stomach is all full from all the Crunchberry burgers. Because he ate the rest of them. The rest he of Everyone else didn't want them. He loved them. He's like, mm-hmm. I need the recipe. Yep. So cop across the street almost has a heart attack and dies because he's right. He discovers that, you know, there's, <laughs> he notices the kids. Uh, he calls the cops again. The traps are still set, which is insane. Um, like, I'm pretty sure they decapitated that dummy last time. <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> well, they did say to fix it. They did when they tested it out, they were like, yeah, okay, it needs much. some work. Yeah. We didn't see the, the five hours of testing that they did after. Right. Yeah, they save all that time for the dancing montage with the plates. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he does get the cops to come back, and this time they find Wallace Shawn. So they they radio it in and then immediately get caught in the traps. Yeah, there's no way these kids don't go to jail, right? Oh, well, yeah. Uh, but then oh, I, I wrote these kids are all going directly to the electric chair. I mean, for, well, it's Ohio, so who knows? Like, they should be charged as minors. Also, if the parents don't end up pressing charges, then they're, the, the charges will be lessened. Um, well, and also, it, and it tells a good story, too. So it's yeah. like it worked out. You know. But also shocking. No one talk about police overkill. Holy shit. <laughs> like they yeah, radio and something's going on in like 9000 SWAT vans roll up the street. I mean, he well, does when they do get caught in the trap, he starts yelling like mayday, mayday. Like so. So it does at least go through the radio that something has gone terribly wrong. Yeah. Also, like it's super uncomfortable before the, they get caught by the cops too. There's this moment where Grover is just like hugging on and finally like getting physical contact with Jennifer Love Hewitt. And then we pan over and the children, the rest of them are all watching in like joy and awe. The little sister's like, Oh my God, a girl finally touched my brother. Oh, it's so great. I'm like, why are we showing this? Well, okay. No, we have to talk about the scene. We have to put it in context because this yeah. is where Grover has come back and he's decided to be sad boy and he locks himself in his room and then finally he opens the door. They all crowd him and they're like, oh, fearless leader, right? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> why are you so sad? And he's like, oh, I fucked up. Well, to have so much support when you're just sad. <laughs> like, and, like, and he's like, you know, this was a stupid idea and, and Jennifer Love Hewitt goes, no, it wasn't stupid. And I said, no. It was incredibly stupid. It's so stupid and also very illegal. Uh, and then, so this is where, like, she's like, no, you're okay. Like, and uh, TJ, you know, it's like, oh, we're not, f-. somebody says, like, oh, at least we're all friends now. And I think it's Matt. And and he goes, no, we're not friends. We're family. And uh, they run as a racing car. He morphs into Vin Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, I have an idea. Is this just a prequel to all the Fast and the yep. Furious yeah. movies? Yeah. <laughs> but then, but by that logic, Jennifer Love Hewitt is now Grover's sister. So yeah. Actually, there's a lot of short films I've seen on the internet that suggest that very premise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they range between 15 to 30 minutes long. I usually get about eight minutes in. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, there's an Ian McEwen book that that is about like them burying the like burying a mom in cement in the basement, and then it ends much like this with the cops showing up. What and you're telling me? A- none of you enjoyed the Blue Lagoon movie as a kid? Come on, guys! But then Christopher McDonald, so the cops show up and they're breaking it and they're freeing everybody, and Christopher McDonald just like just can't stop f- like just 
firing shots at his wife just goes like, Gwenna, mm-hmm. I forgive you. <laughs> I forgive you for being a weak, pitiful woman. And then like there's this moment too where they all decide to to you know okay we'll turn ourselves in the cops are here obviously the the jig is up we have to fit we have to be done with this or whatever grover opens the door and in 2022 with this amount of cops with this amount of weapons he's filled with a thousand bullets instantly he's a white kid yeah i was gonna say he's white he's white this family makes point point this family makes five million dollars a month yeah, yeah. like uh, but all, my my bigger thought is like yeah like they surround this house with a thousand SWAT vans because the police cheat you know they have to call and then like six kids walk out i think they would like relax a little right yeah instead they storm like, the fucking the house yeah my favorite though was is like five, there's it, was, one... it was six kids and then a a 30 year old in in mm-hmm. tj <laughs> tj miller walks out and they're like oh shit I mean, anytime TJ Miller walks out, you should get nervous. Yeah. There's a moment, too, though, like when they walk out and like everybody's coming out of the house, there's one cop that's wearing a bandolier of just like bullets and like he has his guns up like this. And I'm like, he looks so sad. He didn't get to shoot someone. Yeah, he's walking away. He's like, fucking bullshit. I didn't he get to murder like, anyone. Fucking kids. God damn it. I just wanted to shoot. So <laughs> very professional fucking throw. bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You fucker, you knew I wanted to shoot some kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So rest, they, they're all getting, like, the kids are getting arrested, reading the rights. The parents are all coming out and realizing, like, huh, maybe the real f- treasure was the kids we had along the way. Um, <laughs> and Jamie Lee Curtis goes, Look, so, look at what Grover's done for us. Uh, ruined yeah. their reputation. They're going to have to move. No one is never going to talk about this. Uh, that's fine. They're rich. They can make it, they can be fine with it. Uh, I, I have more of a question, though. Okay. So Jennifer Tilly starts smoking again at the end mm-hmm. of when she's out. And that's I symbolizing two, becoming an adult. That's like, uh, I mean, excuse thoughts, me. Like, Jennifer Tilly's always smoking. Good point. That's fair. Uh, yeah, no, I had two thoughts. One, I was like, I was like, well, that's a bad outcome. Like smoking is terrible for your health. That is a, a negative outcome of this. But I'm like, oh shit, are they trying to show like, well, she's an adult and adults smoke. So she's being an adult again. And she instantly gets a date with a cop. Yeah. No, she no, she just gives that cop a handy in the car like before he leaves. Like I don't know if they date. There's also a moment too where Mrs. Krupp is talking to like news news people or whatever, and it's like you see this moment of supreme confidence from her and she's still wearing the lingerie like over her like shoulders. And then one of these cops comes up and moves the camera out of the way and she looks at the cop like, How fucking dare you? This is my moment. <laughs> like she it gets was kind of great. Like, yeah. 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 No, no man's gonna interrupt her ever again. It's great. So then basically we get a like wrap up montage showing what the actual outcome of all this. Well, not before all the open mouth kissing. And then we find out that Grover really has a weird Oedipal complex because he is so excited to watch them tonguing each other. Yeah. And all the kids are excited to get his attention and draw and point his attention to it. Like, look, look, your parents, they're good. We established kids like watching physical contact. They were all excited. Like if you thought they were excited about hugging earlier, imagine them this. There is a line that we uh, did not talk about from much, much earlier in the movie, like the original like anniversary party. And Grover goes, I remember when you couldn't keep your hands off each other. Like, oh, oh God, gross. I, that. I oh, buried Grover. that like a repressed memory. <laughs> oh, Grover, you need to talk to a therapist about that. Don't oh, that's actually dad. the rest of the entry. That's like, don't argue. Don't argue in front of your children. Yes. <laughs> oh. Keep touching each other in front of your children. Never stop fondling each other in front of your children. <laughs> when I tell you I completely phased out out and forgot that this movie starts with a fourth wall break and ends with a fourth wall break.
break. I completely uh, forgot. Many movies work like that when they're like tacked on fourth wall moments uh, mm-hmm. that don't actually play into the film. It's you're like, oh, right. Uh, I mean, look at Aladdin. They just didn't do it. Like in the third movie, they ended up wrapping it up because they're like, all right. But they're like, why would we go back to it? We don't need to. We started yeah. the story. Who cares? And so, yeah, in this epilogue, in the wrap up, he's like, we were charged with kidnapping, civil disobedience and practicing psychotherapy without a license. But I love the next reveal here of the explanation, because because uh, Christopher McDonald, the next day, bails them out like because they're like they were in like ju- like juvie or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Christopher McDonald bails them out because Gwenna threatened to divorce him if he didn't. And then she divorced him anyway and went back to law school. And I wrote, we stand an icon. It's but. True. But also, they are healthy parents at the same time because they work together and they make the it. Work. That's the it's power so move. That yeah. is a power move from Gwenna. Is like they got divorced and then have a practice together. It's wild. I think these credits are really fun and funny, but the problem that it, it drives me wild is not even like all of them doing like the hula and all oh, of them we, being no, silly. No, no, oh. wait, 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 yeah, sorry, the I don't want to jump. Not- <laughs> I don't want to jump too far. Sorry. Because this epilogue, right? So we have the explanation of like everybody and what happens, right? The the divorce. There's a baby on the way for Louise, oh, yeah, which is great. That. And then Grover's a fucking hero at the school. Who gets? To, like, I don't know why. Who like starts fucking Brooke on a lunchroom table in front of all the kids? While they oh, that's yeah. why because he's They're dating like, yeah, Brooke. Go, he got go, Brooke, go, go, so everybody's go. like, "Yeah, he's the most popular." I do kid. love. He says in the voiceover, he goes. Because we're kind of dating right now. It's weird. I'm like, it is because, weird. Because you're family now. Yeah. <laughs> family. It's very weird. Because you're family. The movies. How, with House <laughs> Arrest 2, we got to kill the moon. <laughs> we got to bring back the movie so we could all be family. Watch House Arrest 2. The real tragedy is all of these people are going to end up getting married to somebody and they're all going to get divorced. Every last one of them. <laughs> also, are going to get divorced. During this during this scene in the lunchroom where everybody's clapping and whatnot, I was like, this should end with a smash cut to Grover sitting in a padded cell like he's smiling and narrating this ending to nobody. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I just oh, want to make home movies. <laughs> this was before my brain yeah. broke. <laughs> but no, but no. truly in 90s fashion, this movie probably ends with them actually moving to Hawaii. And this is Grover's compound where he does this for for struggling marriages now. Like he just does that now. He doesn't go to school anymore. Grover just has his own practice. And it, and also in 90s fashion, it ends with a sequel tease because he's like, if my parents ever get divorced again, there's always the attic. Marty, you're not going to believe this. Your family, where we're going, yeah. we won't need basements. Honey, yeah. I locked the parents in the attic again. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, what? Okay, but just a rule of thumb if you're going to go on your second honeymoon, leave the kids at home. Fuck yeah, I know. They shouldn't yeah. be there. And, and also, all of don't bring all your friends that you were kidnapped. <laughs> no, with. they brought their family, remember? <laughs> oh, their family now. That's true. They're orgy friends now. So, <laughs> Brian, you're a thousand percent right. This is how the cult started. You're a hundred percent. They're all family. They all live together. They have Welcome. a compound. Also, Welcome shock your, to yeah. Grover Park. Yeah. Shocking if you're Christopher McDonald also is there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he's so, game to put on like the oh, outfit it, and it, dance. It opened it opened up like a cuck thing for him. Like it's now oh, he can only come this way. <laughs> I mean, know yourself, buddy. We don't catch him on this podcast. Exactly, exactly. Cup, crup. I, I was um, yeah, it, truly unhinged yeah. credits, though. Just un unhinged is the only word I had for this weird, sometimes sped up dancing couples, well, animals in costume. But I got confused because not even because of like the dancing, because the song in the background, and I'm going to sing a little bit of it because there are no words. It's just 
There's no words. It's just consonants. It's bonkers. And I hated it. I hated it. It's like Eddie Vedder meets Jimmy fucking Buffett. Like, God damn it. It's not doesn't work. Uh, you do what you got to do for love is the hook that I uh, pulled out of that. Yeah. Uh, so here's what I have. So okay, now recognizing that this film was a critical and commercial failure on a massive scale, ten <laughs> percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Everyone hates it, and it made no money. With all that taken in mind, I do want a legacy sequel where Kyle Howard and Jennifer Love Hewitt are married, and they're going to get a divorce, and their kids lock them in the basement, and they're like, "You got to be fucking kidding me." <laughs> I wouldn't call this movie trash. I wouldn't call it treasure. It's somewhere uh, in between for me. It's, it's fun. I'm going to call it trash. It's fun to watch. It's, it's a fun kind of trash. trash. It's yeah. a trash movie. Like 90% yeah. of viewers aren't wrong on this one. It's, it's trash. It almost gives me treasure, though, because we get to see Christopher McDonald almost punch a child. Like, that almost does it enough for like, me. I think there's lots of, <laughs> it's, it's, an un, it's an insane premise. Unhinged yeah. credits weird nonsense sequence like there's there's entertainment like it, value it has its moments it's perfect for us yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's a perfect kind of movie for a podcast like this yeah i uh i was oh boy this this week is a little much um i was introduced to somebody who goes by the uh handle for our trash to treasures by the name of julie the duck is the handle mm-hmm. julie the duck says who hasn't thought about doing this to their parents five stars is how the review goes. Okay. Five star review for an iron door. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There is another five star review I pulled for <laughs> scent blocking dog poop bags. Okay. This scent is not blocking. a problem that exists. Bob dog poop <laughs> bags. The title of the review goes as such. A girlfriend told me about this hack. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. No, nope. I don't want it. I don't want whatever's about to come out of your mouth. Okay. Have you ever been out with your girls at a bar and nope. you have to go to the bathroom, but the lines are really, nope. really long? So you nope. go to the alley and then you just do what you got to do, but you're worried about leaving your mess on the ground. Well, these bags. That's where, that's where you draw the line, huh? These bags block smells. It's great. Five stars. If you're shitting in an alley, it doesn't matter <laughs> also yeah you're covering your problem is the smell like which if you're shitting in an alley like there's there, there, uh, uh, there's a there's a dumpster there right i like, now I, in my hubris i do have to say last week i said i look in the abyss and the abyss does not look back and the universe this week said fuck you i'm looking right back at you dick and i'm like what chris have you been shitting in alleys <laughs> no god no I, I only shit at home. I'm afraid to shit in public, man. I don't like it. It weirds uh, me out. I can't do I it. Just, okay. Granted, <laughs> I am not the person known for going to clubs. I am not. And obviously, and also I have the you know advantage of having the bathrooms with the shorter lines in general. Yeah. yeah. So I've not faced this kind of problem, but I feel like if I had to so regularly go shit in an alley <laughs> that I needed to find a like solution to steps of that process, yeah. I would re-examine a lot about life. That solution might be rehab. And, and also that the, that the solution involves like, oh, well, what? Well, the smell is going to be a problem. 
Does she shit yeah, on I, the ground? It, you don't or want in the, the smell in your purse. You just don't want the smell in your purse. Do you I think, think she's she... putting it in her purse? <laughs> that's it's the only thing, Chris. That's the only thing that makes sense. I thought Ashley's right. I thought about this too, because if 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 you're just using, if you're just throwing it in a dumpster in the alley. It, you don't need the odor blocking bags. You I, just, I don't want to live here you anymore, just need guys. A bag. I, seriously, I'm done. I'm yeah, if done she wants to block earth. the odor, that means she is conscious. Like, well, I don't want to just leave my shit around. I don't take care of this later. Yeah. I, mm, yeah well, Chris, I hate this so much. Chris. Because I thought maybe she shit in a bag and threw it in the... In the yeah. You wouldn't need odor blocking then, Chris. You wouldn't need odor blocking. Oh, Chris. Chris, oh. I know you have a hard time, but can I offer you a movie game in these trying yeah, times? Yeah, please do, Brian. I swear to Christ, I'm gonna fucking kill you if this is gonna kill me this week. I swear to God. Okay. What Let's a transition that'll be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Done Ashley, done Brandon, accepted house arrest. It could be anything in the goddamn world. Brian, what are you throwing in our faces? Um, so I'm doing a movie that I watched when I was younger and I really enjoyed uh, when we'll see how much it actually holds up. But I think that's the I, actual theme of this month. Is I, I, what I'm here. I, yeah. <laughs> Mine is not like this, by the way. This movie is from the year 2002. Okay. okay. It is rated PG. Okay. It runs one hour and 35 minutes and its genres are animation, adventure, family, Ooh, we're back in an animated world. Yay. Adventure family. Okay. Uh, I've genuinely liked Brian's animated picks, so I'm really hoping this works. Disney? Out. Yep. Is this traditionally animated or CG? Yes. Well, there's some of both. There's Okay, but it's mainly traditional animation. Yeah, so it's not animation. like Chicken Little. It's okay. No. Or this is before Home on the Range, right? Or is it? Yes. Yes, it's pre Home on the Range. Okay. Brother Bear? Uh, nope. Oh, is this uh, Treasure Planet? It is Treasure Planet. Ooh. Treasure Planet, Musker and Clements. Yeah. This nice. is the film that they wanted to make for years after like Little movie. Mermaid hit them. Like, what do you want to make? Like, we want to do Treasure Planet. Like, uh, how about this instead? And like, OK. And then they just kept pitching Treasure Planet. And then they did. And it did just thudded. Oh, God, no. This has been a pretty pleasant month, it sounds like. Well, we'll see what next week's movie game has for us. I'll give you a hint. It's a masterpiece of shit. Well, if you're not tired of listening to us and, and all of our silly shenanigans and talking about uh, dog poop bags in an alleyway, you can follow us on all of our social media platforms. Brian, where can you find us? We are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Trash Watch Podcast. We are on Twitter at Trash Watch Cast. And we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash trash watch. Excellent. And of course, if you have a movie you'd like us to talk about, review, or a podcast you'd like us to listen to, you can drop that in our email for suggestions. That is Trash Watch Podcast at gmail.com brandon ashley you guys do you have anything exciting happening soon uh if you're listening to this day comes out you can still catch the final weekend of queen margaret which is tonight through sunday at schiller park it's free catch some shakespeare adjacent theater and also some great barbecue out in the uh, schiller mm. park area too. Uh, legacy, legacy barbecue House, so oh. good. get there early because they always run out of banana pudding and it's the best thing in the city it's so good all right. Well, I guess until next week when we watch Treasure Planet, I'm Chris and I don't shit in dog bags. I'm Brian and I have some bad news. Uh, I'm Brandon and I'm just, I guess, honor bound to point out that I also don't shit in dog bags just in case the omission answer asks some questions. That means Brian does. Okay. Ashley, how do you feel? I'm Ashley. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the <mystery>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where is the stop record button? Where is the stop record button?